Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Goddamn Milkman Immediated Podcast. Today, I'm going off the script that was never really written. Anyways, I... Maybe it's not such a stretch. I, I want to talk about Goodnight Moon. You know, that book that you probably read as a kid or read to a kid. A little picture book. Takes about five minutes to read. Um, I was reading it to my kid and I had a bit of an experience so I want to start there so we're going to begin with a reading Good Night Moon by Margaret Rise Brown pictures by Clement Hurd in the great green room there was a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of followed by a picture full color red balloon, these striped drapes, pictures on the wall, a bunny in bed, a, a animal rug, you know, a fireplace, there's a nightstand with a clock and a phone, and there's this giant rug. Very lavish um, and important. We'll get to there. And then we zoom in on those two pictures in the wall. The cow jumping over the moon and there were three little bears sitting on chairs. I'd also note, with the three little bears sitting on chairs, they are looking at a picture of the cow jumping over the moon. (laughs) Right there. And two little kittens, and a pair of mittens, and a little toy house, and a young mouse. Alright, normal so far, we see the other side of the room. But then, when we had jumped those pictures before, we went to black and white. We went to the room, it was in color. Now we come back to black and white. And a comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush, pictured. And a quiet old lady who is whispering, hush, pictured black and white. And this lady is a bunny in a chair. The child is a bunny in bed. Then we come back and we get a full view of the room in color. And both those bunnies are there with everything in between. Good night, room. Okay, so now we're set, we're looking, and it's full nighttime, but the moon is under the window, and the stars are out. Okay. Good night, moon. We're pictured it on black and white, which is weird, because before, it's only been like art pieces or whatnot, or different things focused on, but now we're focusing on a different part of the room we saw, black and white. Goodnight cow jumping over the moon. So we're seeing that again, different context. And now things are darker and the lighting perspective has changed. Goodnight light and the red balloon. Goodnight bears, goodnight chairs. Okay. Then we're back to some of the black and white against mostly white background. Goodnight kittens, goodnight mittens. Back to the room. Goodnight clocks and goodnight socks. Okay. Focusing in again. Goodnight little house. Goodnight mouse. Okay. Back to the room, but on the kid's side. Goodnight comb and goodnight brush. Okay. Gets a little odd here, I'd say, but whatever. We're saying goodnight to the things in the room. Then, goodnight nobody. Okay, good night, mush. All right, and now it's even darker, but the moon is higher. 
Good night to the old lady whispering hush. Okay. So is that not the mom? That's odd. It's odd. It's darker. And, and the tone is darker. The mood is darker. Just, we're past odd at this point. Then, good night, stars. Good night, air. So the air is going away in this place that has been set that is otherworldly, like they're in space or something. And the air is running out or, or something. Everything's been changing so oddly. And then it is just pitch black. The sky is so bright, but it is the moon and the stars. Good night noises everywhere. Kind of eerie, kind of creepy. And then we close out. So when I was sitting down to think maybe I could do a funny, clever little reading, this is like a sci-fi dystopian novel that just ends maybe one sentence too early, right? Or maybe just perfectly. Okay, so I think I'm being funny, clever, and subversive, but then I started looking stuff up. Now, to round it out, pictures by Clement Hurd. He is a renowned children's book artist, but anymore when you think children's book artist, you think someone who went to art school, sure, but, um, you know, is just kind of in that niche, found a way to make a living doing art great, but whatever. He was actually a renowned, um, I, I might mispronounce this, a practicer of favivism, which I was unfamiliar, so I'm going to say to you, it's a French style for the wild beasts or a group of 20th century modern artists who emphasize painterly qualities and strong color over the representation of realistic values uh, retained by Impressionism. And so it's, it's interesting. It's kind of reminiscent of Picasso, I'd say, in some ways, but obviously that's a different style. Um, but uh, it was a reminder of when I went to the art museum and whatnot. It's these very painterly qualities, but it's somewhat abstracted and it does kind of borrow from different mediums and tools, but it, it is in a certain line, and I really enjoy it. It it lets the art be the art and show the medium, show the edges, show the color. Um, but it also retains a quality and whatnot that doesn't lend itself to postmodernist art debate or anything like that. Um, I, I found myself really taken and just looking at a number of these pieces and there is a breath to the style but there is a kind of line that holds it all together that creates a very interesting style um, that isn't so bizarre and people meeting the need of the art style to play within it I guess like cubism or something. So I would, I don't know, I'd recommend the Google, F-A-U-V-I-S-M. And that's something that I found really interesting. And having that breath and that access, I kind of realized, oh, to be an art student today, you could go so much further than it was even when I was a child or something coming up. Because to go to the art museum, to even see and look at all these things, uh, 
took so much, but to have everything categorized and kind of shown across some ages and looks and whatnot, um, if you were to really to do a studied look into these art styles, you could develop a really honed eye in probably just a few weeks. Um, just something interesting. And then, um, but I guess just to say, uh, Clement Hurd, good artist noted uh, and noted beyond just being a children's book artist, but um, not nearly as interesting and many of you may know, but uh, Margaret Wise Brown, the author, she's a character, apparently. Um, she was not someone who you would picture creating children's books. She didn't have a particularly strong love of children. Um, she said, I, I don't particularly like them as a group at one point, famously. And she um, she went out, she went hunting, despite the fact that um, rabbits went out were the characters in a lot of her books. She hunted rabbits specifically. Um, though I should know, we think about it that way now, but I mean, especially back in the day, and certainly if you were near hunters, um, they do tend to have a great appreciation for animals and environment and everything because, I mean, they're closer to it and sometimes their livelihoods or stomachs are dependent on understanding it. And those who are closer to that part of being with the animals actually have a greater respect for them despite the fact that they are the ones to kill them but i mean it, to be there you you respect where you are i guess in a way and a lot of us are so removed from that we can be more horrified by that but in truth um many of us benefit from it while kind of extracting our emotions and um, psychological idea of it when I don't know. I, I mean, many Americans certainly eat about uh, the better portion of a chicken every day. And just to keep you fed, you know, takes a small flock, you know, on, on the regular. And so multiply that, et cetera, et cetera, versus the people who do actually not just mass produce, but hunt game and things like that. Um, she also, I mean, would travel. She had rugs and furs and all that. She, and she wasn't this um, fainting lass, you know, stuck away. She was an author and a character, and she wrote other kinds of books. And part of what Goodnight Moon was, was subversion. Um, at the time, apparently, uh, <laughs> she... Um, she was pushing against what were considered children's books of the days, which were all folk tales and stories passed down, um, biblical hymns or things of that kind of nature. Like they were all very um, well-known stories that had a history. So almost they couldn't be questioned for validity just because they had the history and gotten past that certain point uh, to reach Americana. But also, they all had a very distinct moral, and they're all very heightened, all very, uh, you know, do or die, you know. Um, uh, just like I said, biblical stories, that, that kind of idea. And this was 
not this, the word I've heard, but from my understanding, more poetic. It, it's about the moment, the everyday, and finding beauty in that. And I say this as a <laughs> literal, you know, certified poet. Um, the the broader definition of poetry is finding beauty in the everyday. That is what more typically separates poems from narrative. Because narrative requires a heightened something in order to do it. There has to be a story, there has to be a change in the character, some amount of growth, that has to be there. Uh, poems don't demand that. Now, that is a modern understanding of the word and a far, far cry from the greater understanding of the great epic poems, your Homers, your, uh, you know, um, religious texts of any kind, uh, the cantos, anything like that. Um, but more of where you see poetry in a more modern, and more modern context reaches back lifetimes at this point. Uh, is this more finding beauty in small things or it could even be more exaggerated but it's more focusing on an emotion or a moment or distilling something like that and so that was subversive and just for being that kind of book the library of new york which was apparently a gatekeeper for a great number of things especially due to publishing rights in the day and access um the Library of New York was a bigger deal, and especially for children's books, was kind of a first check of how far it could potentially reach. Um, certain books were pushed against for any number of reasons, but certainly any with fantiful animals were pushed against because the proprietors at the time uh, didn't believe that was in good faith. I, be- I mean, Keep in mind, too, the times. It's unchristian. It's not, you know, the idea of a talking animal would be viewed almost as a satanic connection, no matter what, even if it's Peter Rabbit or anything, right? So in the book, some of the changes were made to pass their guides as they pushed to get Goodnight Moon in. Um, One you might note if you're able to look at a copy Um, is that the cow jumping over the moon picture, like I've mentioned a few times throughout the book, and so this would be a pretty heavy edit, especially in the art, um, does not have udders. It was originally drawn with udders. That kind of focus on body and what on anything that could be perceived as more adult or sexual, even though it's a cow and the udders are, you know, especially at the time, people were much closer to a farm or more familiar with the farm. The idea of a kid... um, seeing that apparently was too much the the udders and so the udders were removed and so the book became even a step more abstracted and fantasyful to meet the censorship needs in a way and for something that i i can't fully grasp and i don't think anyone can fully grasp even if you're a conservative now i think that one feels odd um and another one is that there's a mouse in here the mouse had to be moved because originally the mouse was close to the bed but apparently this idea of a animal being close to who's supposed to be the kid even if it is a bunny was considered too much which is i mean 
Beyond a censorship standard or anything, even if I was a creator, if an editor put that to me, um, I would think that was just simply bizarre. Just an odd sort of thing. Um, oh, and I, I forgot to point out the, um, again, to the, the point of the artistry, uh, the room in the book is based on Henry Matesse's Letar uh, Rouge. Um, I probably mispronounced that, but it is apparently a very famous painting. I believe in a different style than the one I mentioned earlier, but it is uh, of note to those who know. Obviously, my heart history is lacking, uh, but it's very interesting. Anyways, um, but it was borrowing from all these ideas, the art, and kind of pushing children's literature in a new direction. And um, I, I found this right up by The New Yorker. They say, Goodnight Moon, like many modernist works of art, is full of tantalizing ambiguities. In the books, wishing everything and everyone goodnight, goodnight nobody, goodnight home, a meditation on incantation, and who exactly is doing the wishing? Why is the dollhouse illuminated? Some of the strangest, most discomforting aspects of the books are in the panels in which an adult bunny sits quietly in a rocking chair on the far side of the room, knitting and observing the shadowy flickerings going on like a ghost. Sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. Uh, that's a pretty, I mean, even to what I was saying, a pretty deep reading, because I just assumed it was the mother there. And where she is gone at times, she's kind of gone when the art isn't as focused on her so it, it's it would seem to have been to simplify it um but she's there i don't know she's there pretty consistently except in the last one again in that creepiest panel she's gone um poof i just it's just kind of crazy to take a book like this and break it down with that full amount of criticism, analysis, literary analysis, artistic analysis. I mean, this, I mean, going through it is kind of incredible to see what it's pulling from, what it pushed for, where it sat in history. I mean, this has a more engrossing backstory and authorial intent attached to it than really the book itself, but also much more so than a number of stories that I had to study through college as an English major. And with the artistic side coming in and adding and elevating to that, bringing another perspective and layering on top of all those themes and ideas, it actually intersects with the idea of modernism and whatnot in a way that is interesting because modernism is a label associated to a number of things, much like postmodernism or anything. But how it functions in literature is separate with separate dates and whatnot, close, but different than it is in the art world, etc. And these things have a way of moving around each other, but they aren't one-to-one. -one. And seeing how this book kind of plays through to use both, especially for modernism and not even postmodernism, makes it even more interesting, because at the time, that's a bigger deal. I mean, at the time, it's not like children's stories didn't exist obviously this was one of a few being submitted but this was pushing them in a new direction it's kind of a tabula rasa for many to follow or to bounce against as it became a new standard 
but also in just this idea of words to art and whatnot. I mean, comics are in a very different place at this time. And this is the sort of movement that can pull and push and change someone's expectations and shape that art form as well in a certain way. But that's much more tangential. That's just my interest in me seeing it through. But, um, but knowing that like this had to reach that level as well, um, just kind of incredible to see some things that we just take for granted are actually things that were hard fought and it's interesting now to think of that you know um as i'm recording this here you know, 2023 what we're looking at what we're fighting for um you know um where rights are for lgbtq people kind of overall across the board right now um women's rights taking a slide back and whatnot but as far as artistic expression and whatnot those kinds of values and ideas and who is put upon in that way is in a lot of senses used by both sides of the political spectrum and the idea of censorship and banning and whatnot um both sides accuse each other of and have been used across the political spectrum as it goes and so it is interesting to see how much of that has changed and what it took to get there and the characters and type of people in american history that it took to push to get there um that is not where i expected to be talking about tonight talking about goodnight moon but here we are a lot of uh, crazy stuff you can dig into uh, this is hardly a comprehensive episode but just um in a broader sense just maybe taking some works that have stood the test of time or whatnot and see where they're placed because uh, something i find really interesting is the works of art that tend to endure and last and have an impact in a way that few others do especially within pop culture um I don't know, the original Fantastic Four stuff, the, uh, the the Star Wars, if you will. Well, technically, the Star Wars and Star Wars are different scripts, so that's important. So Star Wars, um, Indiana Jones, uh, Citizen Kane. Uh, <laughs> why am I going to movies? I mean, um, the White Album, uh, you know, uh, Money Blues. Just... You know, anything with that kind of cachet isn't something that just kind of was conjured out and is pure artistic expression. It's usually rooted in a history of works that lead to something within the craft, but also are kind of a breakthrough moment for something societally. Even if that aspect is only a small inch, it does lend to that importance and gravitas and why so many people flock to it in a moment which gives it that I don't know, energy to move forward and, and what's really damning to what i see with the fact that um, everything's so corporatized and the way that copyright and trademark functions now versus at you know kind of an era you know the early 1900s and whatnot before where that functioned differently things are set up now where we can't have that creative explosion that kind of art is not 
possible in today's Mayu, uh, especially because there's so much of it. Um, you can't have those big moments. For good, for ill. Um, but it is different. And seeing all that just a spark of what is creative, what is interesting, and figured it was worth talking about. So here we go. Nearly half an hour. Good night, Moon. I hope you all sit down, maybe take this and think about this or some other work that maybe you hadn't considered as uh, thoughtfully and maybe maybe there's more under the surface than you realized good night all